the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Rescuers radio show. And our worldwide audience is now coming on board. You can just see them or hear them all. (laughs) And uh, in case you don't already know, Rescuers is uh, carried live every Thursday at 5.30 p.m., and it can be heard at Faith Talk 1360 or uh, faithtalk1360.com. And when we're on the Internet, we are a worldwide uh, venture here, right? And my guest today is so special. We've known each other for a long time. She and her husband and my wife and me, Diana and me, are all really good friends. And uh, it is Susan Howe. And Susan, uh, welcome to the Rescuers Radio Show. Hi, Art. Nice to nice to talk to you. Nice to hear your voice. <laughs> All the way from Prescott, Arizona. And, yeah. And uh, Susan, uh, we're going to be talking uh, uh, quite a bit today, if not to, uh, a lot of the program is going to be focused on Honor Flight. And those of you that may not know, Susan uh, was the founder of Honor Flight Arizona Hub. And before we get into that, Susan, I'd like for you to give us a little backstory so our audience knows a little bit more about who you are. Getting it, getting up to that point. Oh, that's such a fun thing to share. You know, is when you think about Honor Flight and what the point of it was initially was to fly World War II veterans to Washington D.C. to honor them uh, for their service to this country um, during uh, incredible years in our history, 1941 to 1946, actually. Um, And my dad, being a World War II veteran. So um, when I back up in history, what motivated me to uh, start Honor Flight Arizona, uh, lots of uh, contact with the military through our children who all went into the military. Um, So our, you know, our oldest son went into the Marines in 93, got out in 97, went back into the Army in uh, 99, and then went to Iraq uh, in the early days of the Iraqi war mm-hmm. and our other son, uh, signed up to go into the army when he was in college. Uh, he signed up on September 10th, 2001 and little knowing that he would eventually end up in Iraq twice. And so both sons were married, had children when they went off to war. Um, and then our daughter married, uh, Ben, who is now a Navy commander and oversees all the submarines in uh, the Pacific Ocean. 
they have lived all over the world and uh, with their three children. And then, of course, my dad, who World War II flew in a B-24 and was a nose gunner and was in the Pacific Islands, uh, South Pacific Islands. So all of that uh, motivated me to say we need to honor our veterans, thank them for their service, and do it in a way that would not only write a letter or send them a picture or whatever, but um, to actually physically to meet them, uh, to spend time with them, honoring them, taking them to Washington, D.C. to see their memorials. And uh, the trips ended up being ones that uh, thousands, literally thousands of people had opportunities to come up and thank them, to clap, to cheer, to cry when they'd see these veterans uh, pass by in their wheelchairs. Uh, I, it, it, I had no idea when I started Honor Flight Arizona what the outcome would be. But so far we've done, I think we've done 70 trips, 80 trips. And we were hoping that this year, last year, actually, we would be doing our hundredth trip. But with COVID, that yeah. didn't happen. So, Well, you were kind of prepared for this in a way. Uh, your background is in nursing, right? That's correct. And, mm-hmm. and how many years did you do that? And where did you do that? Um, I initially worked in a hospital in the Napa Valley. And then when Rich and I moved to Sacramento, uh, I worked in several different hospitals in a variety of different areas, uh, pediatrics, intensive care, coronary care. Um, Then we moved here to Prescott and um, I worked as a school nurse and also in cardiac rehab at Yavapai Regional Medical Center. So yeah, felt pretty comfortable <clears throat> traveling with uh, men who averaged in age between 85 and 95. So knew that uh, the risk that we take is that we're going to put somebody on an airplane, fly them across the country <laughs> and um, spend time in Washington, D.C. And it's a pretty exhausting trip. So I can't imagine what it was like, uh, you know, what it would have been like for them even contemplating doing that. So, yeah. So background in nursing was so helpful. Yeah, I think so. Because you never know when you when you the group comes together um, and and get on that plane or until they till you meet them, you don't know what kind of condition they're in, really. Right. Right. We do. You know, we did do some pre information which would be gathered, you know, just their personal information and then uh, as much medical information as we could gather. So we did have an awareness of uh, medical diagnosis. So that was helpful. And as a couple of years went by, we then began to take uh, flight paramedics and flight nurses and emergency room doctors with us. So I got to step back and actually lead the trips and not have to focus on the, the health of the veterans. And we had amazing, an amazing medical team. We have an amazing medical team. Oh, that all makes sense too. Uh, and, and initially it was world war two veterans and then you added uh, Korean veterans and now it's it also inclusive of, of, of Vietnam veterans, right? That's correct. Yes. And I read that. Uh, so those of you that may not know about uh, Susan, she was the founder and, and uh, and birthed on her flight here in Arizona. 
and they're a hub uh, because there is a national organization, right? And then each of the state hubs or area hubs are part of that somehow, right? That's correct. And right now, I think there are about 125 hubs across the United States. And um, Hawaii is the only state so far that I know of that um, has not done honor flight just simply because of the logistics. The distance, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. And how the trips minimally would be five days, maybe six. Mm. And because it's in Washington, D.C., that's where the um, the great monument is to, to world, the World War II. Right. Yeah. The initial founder, national founder, Earl Morse, uh, when he realized that the World War II memorial was being built, um, he started looking into statistics of how many World War II veterans are left. And he also is a nurse practitioner who took care of veterans and began to hear, you know, he heard, had heard many stories from World War II veterans. That was back in uh, the 90s and the early 2000s. So when the World War II Memorial was opened in 2004, um, he realized that there would be so few World War II veterans that could actually fly mm. uh, to see their memorials. So at that point, it was estimated that, um, I think it was like 25% of World War II veterans were still alive and a high percentage of them either couldn't afford to fly or physically were so infirm that they wouldn't be able to fly. So Earl just took up, he was a pilot in the Air Force, and so he flew his little plane along with three other friends, and they took 12 World War II veterans to Washington, D.C. Oh in gosh. 2004. <laughs> so it's always that idea that, you know, if you have an idea, run with it. Run with Don't it. Don't let People stop you. <laughs> well, from what I what I read about you, it, it took a year. Uh, you you the idea came around, the concept came around in two thousand eight. The first flight was in November of two thousand nine. So all of that prep time to get caught up on what this is, how we're, what are we going to do, how do we handle this, a plethora of of questions and and how to solve that puzzle. But you were able to handle all of that and bring a team together and made it work. Right. You know, um, along the way, as with any organization, if you have a great idea, you pursue after it. I really believe the Lord um, inspires people to mm -hmm. do things. And he did me. And it was like, I'm not stopping. I'm not quitting. Um, our board is not quitting. We will do this. Um, and I remember calling the national office and just crying to uh, Earl Morrison saying, I have no idea how to raise this kind of money because at that time it cost $750 uh, for each veteran to travel for three days. And um, it was like, how do we even raise the money when nobody's ever even heard of honor flight out West? And, um, and also too, I think that our appreciation for veterans uh, was not great until we started sending all of our young men and women off to Iraq and our eyes were being opened to mm. how uh, our military sacrifices their lives. Um, <clears throat> coming out of the Vietnam era, I think it had been many years in America since we had truly honored our military um, and the sacrifices made 
uh, to go to war. Yes. And so it was kind of a initially a very slow start. We'd go like to little grocery stores and True Values, sit out front with a little box and people would put a dollar in <laughs> or five dollars. That doesn't go very far. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you got, you get it started though. My my yeah. wife my wife and I were uh privileged and honored enough to to uh to sponsor an honor flight uh participant. His name I is his name that. was Dev uh Dave Bowman and yeah. he he's now passed, but um <laughs> Uh, Dave was, uh, he just loved it. And, and, and the moment he got back and, and until he couldn't anymore, he was bragged about the honor flight experience, loved yeah, every minute I, of it. I, I think that's what's so amazing that, you know, as we would travel through the airports, as we would travel through Washington, DC, um, you know, if you watched just the news and that's how you got a picture of America, mm. Uh, you would be pretty discouraged by by that. Yeah. But for them to go, first of all, through the Phoenix airport and to see hundreds of people <laughs> standing up and cheering as they would walk um, to the gate to get on their plane, um, that began, that was the beginning of the whole trip. And then when we'd get off in Baltimore, the same thing, all these people there, uh, all young military, a lot of the young military in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, Navy, Army, Marines, um, Air Force would show up at the airport and be there in uniform and plus civilians uh, would be there to greet them as they got off the plane. Um, and then as we went through Washington, D.C., uh, to have hun- literally hundreds of kids who would come up to these veterans, look them in the eye, shake their hand and thank them for their service. Oh. The veterans were amazed and so gracious and humbled by that, that there would be many, many, many people who would say thank you so much um, for serving our country. Well, then it grew to a point where you were getting marching bands and and lots of lots of fanfare for them uh, coming back, uh, flags waving everywhere and. And it was really exciting to see that happen. Oh, it was. It was <laughs> neat. One of our, in fact, Rich and I were just, we were just talking about that this morning is one of our trips um, was from our state capital to our country capital. Uh, one of the representatives there wanted to show appreciation and thanks. And so we had breakfast on the lawn at the Capitol we were escorted to the airport by motorcycles and got on the plane. Oh my. So that was just an amazing undertaking. Not something I wanted to do again because <laughs> the hours. How do you do um, that? Yeah. Oh, it was it was an amazing time to have uh, so many of our senators and representatives um, who got to meet the veterans and thank them. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I and I, I for one, and millions of others are really excited when when the Vietnam era veterans came on board and were introduced to this because that had to be a, a little bit of a slower process because coming home, I'm an, I'm a Vietnam era vet, mm-hmm. not a combat combat vet, but I'm a Vietnam uh, era vet from '67 to uh, to '71, 
And but I have a lot of friends that just came back and no welcoming. Matter of fact, it was just the opposite a lot of the times. Right. And what they went through and and some of them still going through um, with PTSD and, and certain other uh, ailments and so forth and addictions and that kind of thing uh, has really. Uh, but but to include them in must be a huge um, assurance to them, you know, from, from what it they've is. witnessed before. It is. And I, one of the visuals that I have in my head right now, as you're talking about that, and that is, uh, we had Vietnam veterans who were traveling with us as what we call guardians. And those are the ones who, uh, get to travel alongside a world war two mm. veteran or Korean veteran. What an honor. And many of our guardians were Vietnam veterans. So I remember one time we had gone to the World War II Memorial and our Vietnam veterans were pushing around wheelchairs and um, just just being blessed to hear the stories of the World War II veterans. And then conversely, when we arrived at the Vietnam Wall uh, to hear the Vietnam veteran then sharing their stories with the World War II veteran, and uh, the the visual I had as you were saying this was um, our Vietnam veterans, a couple of them were at the wall, and these two young girls, probably around 20, uh, came up to the Vietnam veterans. They were from Vietnam, and oh they just said, please, can we take a picture with you? Oh, oh my gosh. Talk about a, a goosebump moment <laughs> uh, and then to see our vietnam veterans yeah. um asking for the names of those that um, were their mm. buddies in vietnam their yeah. names on the wall and how they would take a piece of paper and a pencil and etch their names yep. off the wall yep i've done um, that um, myself um my gosh so uh this had such a great lifespan and um and now uh, you just retired. I did. And you're, did. you're going on to another phase of life. But I do, I do uh, see a report that you're going to be an advisory role, right, going forward? Right. And, and we have uh, – and the reason why I could step back from the role I was in for 12 years was because we have the most amazing board – I have never worked with a group of people who are as committed and as we all just work incredibly well together. And even if we had a difference, uh, we did differences well. And I, I hear so many times from people that they're on a board and people are cranky or they disagree and <laughs> they want their way. Uh, I don't, uh, it was, it was so rare to, ever experience anything like that on our board. Uh, I loved how we could disagree and come to uh, an agreement on things that needed to be done. And, you know, uh, it just, and they're an amazing group of people. So I just applaud them for continuing on and uh, just wanting again to honor our veterans. So we're right in the middle or we're somewhere in COVID 
Mm-hmm. We know we've had one year. We know we don't know longer if this is going to hang out. But uh, an upside down world, uh, not just right. here in America, but worldwide, and and um, everything came to a halt, and we couldn't fly for a long period of time. Right. And airlines are just now starting to uh, receive um, travelers again in a, in a, a larger way than even you know, a few months ago. So right. um, uh, is it likely uh, that that board, the, with the incredible nest that you have for them and the faith you have in them, and um, are they going to be able to continue and pick up this afterwards and get it going again? The way it'll work is we have a national board out of Ohio and Washington, D.C., and they meet every two months and Every two months, they review what's going on with COVID. They review what's going on in Washington, D.C. And then based on that, they make decisions. So we've had, oh, I think three or four times when they said, wait until this board meeting, wait till this board meeting. So the next board meeting will be of the National uh, Honor Flight Group will be in June and at that point, they will make a decision mm-hmm. as to whether to fly or not. And, you know, of course, the thing they have to take into consideration is we're still, believe it or not, we are still flying World War II veterans. And the youngest World War II veteran is now 95 mm-hmm. unless they went in underage. Um, so obviously, 95 uh, they could be pretty frail health. <laughs> yeah. And then when you look at Korean veterans, mm-hmm. um, they, they average age about 87. Uh, so you're, again, you're looking at advanced age and then look at Vietnam veterans. Their span of time is great, of course, because uh, the first Vietnam veteran went in 57, which a lot of people don't know. Right. And, um, you know, and the the end of the war supposedly was in 75. So you have a broad range of ages there. So uh, we, you know, have to take into consideration the age of our veterans and the safety of traveling through Washington, D.C. Yes, absolutely. So and and the age of Iraq veterans and is I don't know what that would be right now, maybe 40-ish? Well, actually, our oldest is 47 this year. And he went in the early part of the war, and our youngest is 40. And he went about mid, oh, I think he was there in 2005, and then again in 2007, or six, actually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, look at those ages. So I would say probably ranging in age from, well, presently, um, because we still have them over there, uh, to uh, like our oldest and probably, you know, a little bit older, maybe 48, maybe even 50. Yeah. So God has a plan. That's for sure. He does. He does. <laughs> he has a perfect plan and we just have to rest in that. Yeah. And, and, um, and he'll make that happen. I, 
this radio show was born out of God came to me and said, I love that. You're going to be back hosting a radio show, which I hadn't done for like 30 years. Oh my goodness. And that is so great. I know. And uh, so we launched, we're coming up on our first anniversary. Uh, looking at producer Jeremy, he probably doesn't even know that, but uh, we're coming up on May 1st as our first anniversary. And I have right now I have 50 uh, produced programs in the podcast yeah. form. Wow, I will. I, yeah. Now, being, having been made aware of it, I will love to listen to those and pass them on to other people because, um, you know, this certainly is a time in our nation where people need to be encouraged. So last night, uh, I just had this idea um, to gather our Christian neighbors and to pray just on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7 and um, to uh, pray for our nation, yes. to pray for our state, to yes. pray for our city. And um, because Rich and I have had the privileges that we've had to meet our senators and our congressmen as a result of his being in television and my being in honor flight, yes. uh, we just know how important it is that those are human beings that need to be prayed for. You know, our whole our whole country needs to be in prayer right now. Oh, they do. Uh, it's uh, pray for our country, pray, pray for the world, of course, but but uh, God just, um, it, it, everything is so twisted right now and and mm-hmm. um, and hard to understand. Uh, we're, we're right next to the, the end of the program, Susan, and this has been just so delightful. Uh, thank you so much, and, and real quick, in a sentence, what are you going to do in your retirement years, aside from advising on our on our flight? Well, we have Rich and I are already on the road. One of one of the things we did in January was to fly to Tennessee and uh, help to rebuild houses in North Nashville, and uh, we go up to Indian Bible College in Flagstaff. And this summer, we'll go to Broken Arrow Ranch in New Mexico to uh, just uh, help with uh, the camp there for. Uh, indigenous uh, children. God Native bless kids. you. God bless you, Susan, and all you do. Thank you for being on the show. You are a rescuer. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.